ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. The best thing about Nonny and Poppy's house is playing and drawing with Nonny. She lets me eat treats and drink strawberry milk. I've got a list. Cartoons, going to the farm more often, walking the dogs more often, buying fossils from the fossil shop. I think the best thing about going to my grandparents' house are the cookie jars. (laughs) If there's someone who's going to love your child as much as you do, then it's probably a grandparent. But when you're a parent trying to forge your own path and do the best you can, sometimes your own mum or dad or your in-laws, even if they mean well, oh, they can put you on edge. You want your kids to adore their grandparents, but you also wish your grandparents would stop critiquing you or spoiling them endlessly. Or worse, you've fallen out and your kids don't know them at all. I'm Maggie Dent, and I know that in some families, nannies and pops, grannies and gramps and omas don't always make things easier. In this grand parental as anything, I'm going to help you navigate the tension that you may have with your kids' grandparents, as well as remind you just how much we grandparents really matter. parents, that moment when you gaze down into your baby's face for the first time and you realise, whoa, I'm a parent now. And do you know what? It's an earth-moving moment for us grandparents too. So let's meet a couple of grandies and find out why we love grandparenting so, so much. ABC presenter Richard Glover, Pa, and Larrakia elder Richard Fijo, also known as Papa Rich. What has this special journey into grandparenthood been like for you? I think one of the things that surprised me about it is it's a real time travel experience. I feel that, you know, I was playing a game with him the other day where he was hiding behind the curtain, you know, hide and seek, and and, and he was, that shuddering shape was giggling so much. Um, and I could hear in the child's giggles the sound of his father giggling when he was the same age. And it was like time had suddenly collapsed in on itself in the past and the present were suddenly together and I was walking hand in hand with my 30-year-old self. Oh, that got me right in the heart. And I know sometimes um, when I'm around mine, every now and then it's, not you, mummy, not you, daddy, I want nanny to do it. And there's that just so cold, even if it's wiping a bottom. Do you know what I mean? So, um, Papa Rich, how long have you been in the club? My granddaughter, Nalia, is six months old, so I'm pretty new to it, but um, I absolutely love it. It's the first time I walked into Royal Darwin Hospital and saw her, I just burst out in tears. Yes. <laughs> it's just um, falling in love um, again. Mm. Every day I see her, you know, is just a joy in life. Oh, it does, isn't it? And I think there's that sense 
I couldn't believe I almost felt like my heart was expanding in my chest, like to grow, to fit more love in. Now, because I'm, I'm so playful with her, as soon mm. as I walk in the house and I see her, she reaches for me, you yeah, know. Playful. And um, it's I see her mother in her as well, so my she just melts my heart every time. Like she just loves to be held and walked until she's sleeping, you know. But um, the, the brightness in their faces, it's magical. I think the other surprise of it is the thrill of seeing your child as a parent and seeing them in this new light, being this responsible. I think, that's just Joe. How can <laughs> Joe be doing all of this? But Joe is doing all of this. And it's a great delight to see them, you know, growing into this, this role and, and seeing them as father. I count myself very lucky to have a pretty healthy, yeah, not perfect relationship with my sons and daughter-in-laws and grandchildren, with only occasional bumps and awkward moments. However, in many families, the picture can be very different. As the Director of Grandparents Australia, Anne McLeish has seen it all, from the joys and delights to the conflicts and strains that can drive a wedge into families. She's also been a grandparent for more than 20 years. Wow. So, Anne, if a grandparent is a safe and loving influence, can you tell me what are some of the benefits that both children and their grandparents can get from having this loving relationship? There is a particular um, richness of the love that grandparents give to their grandchildren, and it is about being unconditional. We find that it's so powerful that many grandchildren, when they get into a bit of strife, will go and tell their grandparents Mm. first Mm. before they tell their parents because they get an opportunity to rehearse their problems and to sort it out in their heads with their grandparents who they know are not going to, um, you know, dive into blame straight away. And children recognise that. It is particularly important that teenagers recognise that. When teenagers are flaying around trying to find their identity, they often reject their parents for a short time, but they don't reject their grandparents. The benefits to the grandparents are immeasurable too. Grandparents say that good relationships with their grandchildren give them a new lease on life. Their physical health might be robust, as it is with a lot of older people these days, but their emotional health is fed strong messages by good family relationships, particularly with their grandchildren. Now, we know that society has changed so much, and we now know that many of the parenting practices of the 50s and 60s and 70s have been shown not to be as positive as were once believed. So, Anne, what's the difference about being a grandparent today compared with past generations? The basic roles haven't changed, that is supporting the family at large, loving their grandchildren, providing childcare, helping occasionally with a bit of money. So all of those things um, are well known in families from decades and, and generations ago. What's different, Maggie, is the intensity of all of that support. For many families, they cannot survive without the emotional and practical support that grandparents provide. If you look at childcare, for example, 
Grandparents now don't just look after the grandchildren when mum and dad want to have a holiday or go to the pictures. They're doing it on a day-to-day basis Mm. while mum and dad struggle through the world of work to earn enough money to pay the mortgage and keep the car on the road. If you look at financial support, It's now not a bit of money to help pay for the occasional holiday or a special excursion for the kids at school or those sorts of activities. It's now for something as basic as paying the kindergarten and school fees. So we're seeing a major shift towards the absolutely critical role that grandparents play in keeping families afloat. How can adult parents and, you know, grandparents work out how to have this work without actually tipping our um, older grandparents into, you know, states of unwellness or simply not coping? It's a very important question. And um, there's no one answer except that we're encouraging families to have a conversation about the role of the grandparents and to document what the agreement is and what the role is going to be. Now, that sounds very formal and somewhat off-putting, I know. But people lose understandings over time and there's this sort of creep of the role of the grandparents. So a lot of grandparents say to us, we agreed to have the children four hours a week and that four is slowly turning into eight and we're having to give up the bowls to do this. It's not fair in those circumstances to take advantage of the grandparents because they do not know how to say no. Short of us giving every grandparent in the land gentle assertiveness training, I think that we need as a family to avoid the circumstance where this is necessary and write things down. And that written agreement should have a sort of a flavour of a barter arrangement. So We're going to babysit the grandchildren for four hours, but you're going to mow our lawns for us every third week, Mm. something like that. Great idea. Some way to ease the pressure. Mm. So I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes um, with my first pregnancy, and then I was diagnosed again in my second. So, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. So when either my mum would visit or my dad and my stepmum would visit, they would just show up with all these treats like lollies and chocolate and cakes and I'd be like, my kids can't have that. And they would just be like, why? And I'm like, well, they've never had it before. I don't know. And they'll probably go nuts. And and when they did sneak it to them, they did go nuts. Um, and then they would leave and I would be left to deal with the hyperactive mess. I tried to put the boundaries in place, but they basically scoffed at me and they just said, well, you turned out fine and you ate everything and we gave you treats. And I'm like, well, that's fine. Of course, treats are treats, but when they're under three, I I don't really want my kids chowing down on biscuits and sugar. I've got two kids who are primary school aged And their grandparents are really involved. But something that really irks me is the amount of presents that were coming home all of the time. All the little mementos and lots of little bits of plasticky this and plasticky that. It was driving me crazy. My partner and I, we just bit the bullet and he just outlined it to the grandparents and said, that's it, no more presents except Christmas, Easter and birthdays. We explained to the kids what was going to happen. Look, it's still really tricky, but the amount of presents coming through the door has stopped.
Okay, my hands up. As a nanny, when my grandkids sleep over, I never make them clean up all their toys before bed. It's just still all over the lounge room floor, ready for them in the next day. Yep, okay, I might give them frequent home-baked biscuits. But in my defence, we always bake them together first, so I reckon it's more of a project than spoiling. (laughs) Now, Anne, should parents get frustrated by grandparents who just want to spoil their grandies endlessly. I think it's grandparents' rights to spoil these children a little bit. It's what expected of our role. You know, just pushing pushing the child-rearing rules a little bit here and there um, doesn't hurt these children and uh, doesn't hurt the parents to get used to that either. Yeah. I'm in the fortunate situation where I don't um, have any concerns about the way my grandchildren are being parented. Um, in fact, they're doing it better than I did, I'd have to say. No, they are. They are. They're doing it better. So I defer to them and happy to do so. But I do know of some circumstances where serious tensions have emerged on two themes. One is food and the other is manners. So mm. grandparents are used to putting a meal on the table and everybody eats the same meal. But they often say to me, no, well, the grandchildren um, have been raised to ask for different meals at mealtime. And a lot of grandparents are a little bit concerned about children just not saying please and thank you enough. That's the sort of thing where I think they um, they are in their rights to say, this is my house and we use the words please and thank you here, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Here's the deal. You go a bit easy on us grandparents when we spoil the grandies, but... We'll also make sure we respect your wishes as the parents and keep the spoiling with lollies and the presents to a reasonable minimum. I think it's a good opportunity for all of us to talk to children about our different homes, have different rules and expectations. On the other hand, when your values and parenting styles are completely at odds with each other, Yeah, that takes a much bigger conversation. They were parents 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 40 years ago. Um, Stuff's changed. Matt, and that's not his real name, and his wife, decided to practice a different way of parenting for their children that was more gentle and respectful and responsive. Yelling wasn't getting the result, and one day I yelled at Charlie so much that, like, he was scared of me, and I just went, oh, wow, that's just not the way to do it, right? However, his in-laws struggled to understand this approach, and it caused tension when they came to visit all the way from Australia to New York City. You realise that you're quite alone, actually, because your parents don't really understand what you're trying to do. They understood that they weren't, they weren't having the relationship that they wanted with the children. And they'd observed us doing it for a week and they'd questioned it. Why are you asking them? Why are you asking them? We don't tell them what to do. We don't treat them like a dog, like good girl, good girl, like good boy. You feel almost nasty, but you want them to have a, a high quality relationship with their grandparents. And they're just not going to have that if they get spoken to like that. After a week, we were like, if you want to be here and be in person with our children, like if you're going to have any long-term relationship with them, we're going to have to talk about it because it's not working. You can't yell at them. Children are not seen but not heard. That was such a, an archaic way of doing it. I mean, my, my mum goes, well, you, you turned out all right. And you're like, that's not what my therapist says. Now, I know what you're thinking, 
how do I have that conversation with my folks or my in-laws, especially when it may sound like I'm criticising them? Remember, they did the best with what they knew at the time, and when they know more, they may do differently. So let's start the conversation by creating a kind of nice environment, maybe have a cuppa, chat in the car so it's a bit more casual than a big formal meeting. Start by reassuring them about how much you love them and value them and how lucky you are to have them in your life so they don't necessarily feel like they're about to be ambushed or attacked. Then say that the science of child development has come along in leaps and bounds and what was recommended when they were parenting isn't necessarily okay now, especially around shouting and shaming. It helps to be really specific. For example, we're trying not to yell at our kids when they aren't doing what we'd like. So maybe if you feel like yelling at them, maybe just pause, take some deep breaths or go get a drink of water. But can you please try not to yell? Finish by acknowledging something they're doing fantastically because that gratitude around specific things, they know what they're doing good and they can keep doing that. So important. And you might also have to come to accept that your folks just don't understand your parenting ideas. So just like we need to accept good enough parenting, let's consider good enough grandparenting too. Now, parents are often scattered and families are scattered. Uh, What suggestions do you have if they've got not many opportunities for face-to-face? How do they keep that relationship strong from a distance? Telephones, email, Facebook, Zooms. Grandparents are becoming quite expert at all of those mechanisms. Isn't that great? For for the sake of, of connecting with their grandchildren. They don't just get on there to have, um, you know, an incidental idle chat. Some of them are setting up shared interests with their grandchildren that they pursue through their Zoom meetings or their Teams meetings, um, which is really very interesting, highly intellectual and gives them, you know, a focus to their relationship. Sometimes grandparents are estranged because they're not safe for children to be around. But for others, it's because of a long-running feud and the kids are missing out on a loving relationship. So how can parents navigate that situation, you know, with their children if we've got something that's hard to resolve? I think if you can get into some independent relationship counselling early on, if it looks like you're going to hit into trouble, that might be a help. But that's not easy to to do because there's waiting lists for all such sorts of services. But sometimes you just have to concede that things aren't going to work and I think the grandparents have got not much option but to be the ones to retreat a bit. If you have fallen out with your children's grandparents, you can explain it to your kids by saying something like, adult relationships can be tricky. They're a bit like friendships. And I know it's hard to understand right now, but we just can't visit them or see them at the moment and hopefully... Somewhere in the future, that will be fixed. Leave them with some hope. For grandparents, never give up trying. If the parents request no contact, please respect that. Don't send things if they say don't send things. However, consider doing a birthday card for every birthday that you're not able to see them. Write them special letters and put them into a special box because 
I know lots of them come looking for you one day and it's fabulous to know that you have remembered them and continued to love them from a distance. And don't stop trying to resolve the tension or the arguments between adults, even if you have to seek some counselling or mediation. It's never too late for a relationship to heal. I know there will be many people listening who maybe have had a grandparent who has died and before they're able to meet their grandchildren or when they were really young. So besides that being heartbreaking, it's an incredible loss. But what, what can parents do to help their children learn about the grandparents who are no longer here and how they were special in the family? Children love those stories, don't they? They absolutely the, love them. They love hearing the, the, about the old people, so to speak. And if there's no grandparents around to share those stories... Um, that's very sad. A lot of grandparents are now the custodians of the family history and they're beginning to document it. At the very least, I'd keep some of the family trees going. Every child, um, particularly when they get to be teenagers, looks for their identity and their place not only in the world but within their family. And we're finding that this storytelling about the family history and the family culture is really helpful in building bonds like that. Richard Glover, tell me, what do you wish you'd known before you became a pa? How uh, stressed my knees would become. <laughs> Getting up and down. <laughs> Getting it's up tricky. and down and he doesn't like the pram and <laughs> I wish I hadn't see. Okay, I wish I hadn't spent the six hundred bucks or whatever it was on the pram because he won't get into it. <laughs> he wants to be carried to the park and back. Uh, and my knees aren't up to it. I love it. Richard Fijo, you're an elder, so as well as your daughter's daughter, you have about 20 other grandkids in your community that see you as Papa. So tell me, what's the best thing about being Papa Rich to all of these kids? I can see that they look in me the way that I looked at my um, uncles and aunties. You know, I, I didn't get to meet my grandparents, but, um, you know, it's the admiration and the role that we play in shaping them. It's giving what you can, you know, it's showing that unconditional love. But in saying that, what the challenge I have that I had to learn was actually making sure you don't have a favourite, you know, mm. um, <laughs> because they, they do spot that, you oh, know. Yeah. And when I became a nanny many, many moons ago, I felt compelled to try and capture it in words. And this is what I wrote. Staring into the face of this new baby changed me deeply. It opened up pathways of memories from when I had given birth that I thought had been closed forever. A profound moment in time on so many levels, so deeply moving and surprising in its intensity. It was, it was just indescribable. Okay, so parents... Strive to keep the lines of communication open with the grandparents and the in-laws so that little molehills don't turn into mountains because you're all trying to do the best you can. Show your gratitude. Make sure you thank your children's grandparents often for big and small things and return the favour maybe by doing something that helps them 
mow their lawn, help with the weeding, drop off a pot of soup, especially if you get the kids involved. And finally, I'm always telling you to put down the stick you're beating yourself with. Well, just keep that in mind when you get annoyed because your kids missed their nap or had a couple too many lollies with Nanny and Pop. Just accept that your children are lucky to have safe, loving, lighthouse figures, adult allies in their life who love the heck out of them. And maybe let the little differences wash over you. And if talking about grandparenting is making you reflect on your parenting, we have a wonderful companion episode called How to Be a Good Parent. You don't need to be super hyper and perfect. You're good just the way you are. You'll find it in the Parental as Anything podcast feed. Next time on Parental as Anything, so many of us struggle to talk to each other about racism. So... How can you talk to your kids about it? Things like women wearing a hijab or the accents that people have are starting to become apparent to them and they are beginning to ask questions, sometimes in public. How do you make sure your kid isn't racist? That's next on Parental As Anything on the ABC Listen app. This episode of Parental as Anything was recorded and produced on Gadigal, Combermere and Turrbal country. Hi, I'm Fazadraki, and if you like stories about people getting into trouble, taking risks, falling in love, making mistakes, getting out of trouble, then you should come listen to Days Like These. We've got stories of crime and redemption, near-death experiences, and a kid who just wants to swim really fast. Sat my parents down in a very official type meeting at the age of eight. <laughs> I told my parents wearing this blue ribbon, I've decided I'm going to be an Olympic swimmer. That's what I'm going to do with my life, because it's obvious, you know, pointing to my blue ribbon, I'm good at swimming. That's Days Like These, and you can listen right here or on the ABC Listen app.